Welcome to the Soul Life Podcast. My name is Srili Fruchter, and if you're ready to start living your soul life, then you've come to the right place. This is the Rav Kook Chabura, Finding Your Life. Let's get into it. Okay, so this, I said before, this is my favorite piece of by Rav Kook. I think my favorite selection of pieces because I think that it takes God outside of philosophy and I think in the abstract and it makes him very present. And it, it's a beautiful mix of philosophy and practical and just making the godliness a part of your life. So just to preface, a lot of times I think when we approach the idea, one of the classic things people will say is, you know, when I'm praying, I'm speaking to God. I don't hear God speaking to me. Why doesn't he speak to me? And just what does that practically mean? I think usually for us, what we understand that to mean is I want to hear this booming voice coming down from the heavens, from the sky saying, Srili, have I got an answer for you? And it's a lot of that's based off of culture and movies and films, which are caricatures of what Torah describes of Hashem. For Rav Kook, as we're going to see now, and we've seen through his pieces so far, Hashem is not some external being outside of ourselves that's separate from us. There is no distinction, meaning that God is fundamentally the soul of our souls, the source of ourselves. And we're going to see that very practically, how that plays in. When we're thinking about the idea of how do we hear the voice of God? How do we engage in a dialogue where it's not just a monologue, where it's not that I'm just hearing or I'm just speaking to God and I'm making my thoughts heard and I'm doing all these very nice things, but that I actually hear God as an active participant as an active player in my life, a co-author, someone or the one who is driving my life forward and working with me in that. And in this first piece, first piece from Rav Cook, he says something that is sets up the whole stage for today. And we'll read the English and the Hebrews there as well, if anyone's interested to try and uh, compare it themselves. He says, in the depths of the human soul, the voice of Hashem calls continually. The commotion of life is able to overwhelm the soul until it cannot hear in the many times of its life, this calling voice. That for of Cook, you're not waiting to, for God to start speaking. God's always speaking. God is always there relaying the messages or communicating with us. And as we'll unpack what that means, the problem in us hearing that is in ourselves, that we're not tuning into it. It's almost like a radio. That for a radio, there's always the frequencies and the connection and the rays being emitted. I don't really know the technology of it, but you can imagine that's being emitted out into the world. But if your radio is not tuned in to the, the correct station, you're going to hear static. And for a cook, that's life. That you just get caught up in whatever that commotion is for you, whether that commotion is your own emotional turmoil, whether that's the things going on in your life. It's these different chirps in your ears saying, this is what you want. That's what you want. This is what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. Good job for you. And there's so much going on that it all becomes kind of like, if you ever imagine one of those rubber band balls, um, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, like the, it's like a handball or a little squishy one. And then it's just covered by layers and layers of rubber band. And like, that's just what life is. It's just so compact. It's oppressive. It's just constricting you. And because of that, as God's communicating to you, and as you're trying to receive the voice of God in your life, in your ears, in your soul, in your heart, you can't. And he says, but by no means are you able to uproot this foundation, the root and the source of this voice that in truth is the essence of human life, that you can try and block it out and you may get away with, I don't know, a week, a month, maybe even a couple of years with silencing the soul of your soul, 
the deepest essence of who you are and what you want in this world, telling what you telling you what you want, but you can't get rid of it. That God's to be blunt is not going to shut up. Like you know very clearly, and I think we all know what this means in our own individual ways. You've had these these moments where you know so clearly what you want. You know you want this friend, not that friend. You know you want to be in this place, not that place. But for some reason, what you want is very clear, but you just cannot allow yourself to hold on to it. That it's almost like you're self-sabotaging. Like you are the one that's preventing you from actualizing your best life, which is so convoluted when you think about it. That your own worst enemy is yourself. That you're both the protagonist and the antagonist. If Cook says, therefore, we see in all human history that its waves, the waves of this voice, are always beating in this great sea of the continually calling voice of Hashem. That throughout history, the voice of God is active. The voice of God is there. It's booming. It's loud. It's speaking to you. Remember, David Aaron says that when we were at Harsinai and getting the Torah, we think again of this idea that we're hearing this loud, booming voice from the heavens. But in reality, what we heard was our own individual voice. We heard our own voice, the same way we think in our minds and we hear our own accent and our, our own pronunciations. That's what we hear when we hear the voice of God because God is not external from us. God is within us, around us, and above us. God is everything and more. So as Rav Cook goes on, he says, different forms are revealed by this awe-inspiring voice that the voice of Hashem, when Hashem is in dialogue with you and he's speaking to you, it comes in different forms. And through different tactics, the soul of the particular individual and the collective request path. We all want to hear this voice. We're all trying to tune in. Then in life, what's really going on, and that's what everyone is trying to do. When we make decisions, when we try and grapple with how happy we are, how unhappy we are, what's working out, what's not working out, we're just trying to get guidance from ourselves, aka we're trying to get guidance from Hashem. Again, the soul of our soul, the source of ourselves. That if we were a leaf, we would want direction from the root of that entire tree because we as a leaf are connected to the twig that's on the branch, that's on the trunk. That goes, all the down. Really, you should... that goes all the way down to, some people are just super, super hyped up for this. That goes all the way down to the root of this tree because the root of this tree is the unfolding that makes manifest every leaf, every twig, every branch. And it knows that its purpose is to grow. It's to thrive, it's to live. So just to skip a little bit further, if Cook says, and those trying to flee from it and to silence it, you're trying to hide from the truth that you know is your best interest, trying to hide from your truest best self, it's not possible. There's no fleeing and no silencing. Rather, instead what happens is the exact opposite. The more you try and run and suppress what you know is your conscious, your conscience, your heart, your mind, the inner connection of the soul to that voice, to Hashem, becomes more revealed. And it's never going to stop disturbing you. That Hashem is there to disturb you, to say, you're not happy right now. And you just can't be settled. That we intuitively know when things are not right. People say, you're in a relationship. How does it feel? Do you feel like it's going well? I don't know. I just don't feel it. Something feels off. That, that It's like that sixth sense that you know, are you in the right place? Are you plugged in how you're meant to be plugged in? Are you as a person, as, are you as a soul plugged in to your character? Or is it opposite? Or is there a disconnect? And you're experiencing that disconnect now, which is painful, which, which is hard. That imagine if you're an appliance, right? You're a toaster and you're trying to experience your power of toasting. So you're plugged into the outlet, to the electricity. But if you can't, 
if you can't find that outlet, if you will not allow yourself to be plugged in and to receive the vitality you need, then the toaster feels like something's not right. Why am I not toasting? Why am I not actualizing surely in this world? Where are things not aligning? And Rukh just closes off for us that all efforts to flee are, for, are in vain. It's just not going to amount to anything because Hashem will not stop. He will not be silent. He is always speaking to us. His memory doesn't forget us, that we as individuals, it's not that it's only in the grand schemes of life and the plots of life is God involved, but even in, in an individual, in the 7 billion individual points of humanity, forgetting about every other creature, which Hashem is also involved with, in addition to all of those, Hashem is constantly speaking. So what does this mean, right? Rav Cook has basically just told us that as far as we know right now, never heard God in my life, don't know what he sounds like, don't know what he thinks, don't know what he cares about. But Rav Cook is saying at the same time, he's constantly speaking to me all the time. He won't silence, he won't be silenced, and I can't run from it. So what's going on? What is Rav Cook trying to tell us? And in this next piece, we get a little bit of an idea that again, I think the model that we can use, which is really helpful, is to think about a cell tower. That a cell tower is always emitting this reception. But if I, as a cell phone, if I have, I don't know, T-Mobile, Verizon, whatever it is, and I'm in a place where I can't receive it, I just will not have reception. I cannot hear. If I'm a radio, but there's no connection that I can grab onto, then I'm going to hear static. I'm not going to hear the music that I want to hear. My life will not flow. I won't hear the music playing from me, playing through me. I won't hear God singing through me. I won't hear my life acting in that way. So for Rav Cook, that's very much the idea. And he says in this next one, that the voice from above will always be revealed from the source of wisdom, from the treasure of life that is the soul of the living words, that your soul, you, the essence of who you are, you're going to hear, to hear God in relation to the purity of your ascension. What does that mean, the purity of your ascension? Well, what's purity? What does it mean you have a pure beverage? A pure beverage means that it's genuine, it's authentic. It is what it claims to be. It's 100% coffee, 100% an apple, I don't know, whatever it may be, that it's true. It's genuine, it's clear, it's transparent. That the more authentic you are to yourself, the more you will hear God in your life because God is the soul of your soul that when you are trying to find self-awareness, when you're trying to find guidance from yourself, what do you do? You look into your mind, you look into your experiences, you look into what you're feeling, into your thoughts. But if you go even deeper than that, into your mind, you'll find your soul, the essence of who you are. But if you delve deeper into your soul, you find God, the soul of your soul. And not to mix genres, if we will, but as we'll see soon, Rav Cook is going to tell us a little bit more about what this practically means. How do you know if you've heard the voice of God or if you're hearing the voice of God? But another great Hasidic thinker of Tzedakah Cohen says that how do you know if you hear the voice of God? Any thought you have that's spontaneous to do good, that's God speaking to you. You acting upon that is you picking up the phone. That when you have that random burst of, you know, I want to just text someone and, and hope, say, I hope they're doing well. I want to just, I don't know, go help this person out now. I just feel like this overwhelming drive to bring goodness into the world, to be a little bit more peaceful, a little bit kinder, a little bit more patient, a little bit more sensitive. That is a drive from within, from the essence of good, the absolute good, Hashem. And you as a facet of absolute good, as a facet of Hashem, as an expression, right? As the same way the sun has a ray of light, that shines into the world, if I'm that ray of light, then what messages do I receive from the sun? Shine, illuminate, glow, 
But the son is telling me, not in the way like I'm going to hear someone else speaking to me and say like, hey, it's really, you know, you should go here, you should go there. But I'm going to feel this urge, this instinct within me that I want to do good, that I want to illuminate the world, to shine my soul in the world. Rufko tells us in the next piece, this is where I think he gets a little bit more practical where we can really grab onto this lesson, that when a person accustoms himself to hear the voice of Hashem from all things, from everything, not just from your own life choices and your own, your own existential crises, but when you're walking in nature, when you're sitting in the bus station, when you're waiting for the train, when you're at work, when you're meeting with friends, when you are trying to tune in and say, what do I feel like the most pure, authentic part of myself, my soul is saying, it comes to you more clearly. That it comes to you from your spirit, from the fact that you are a person, from the fact that you are part of the highest level of creation as a conscious being, that's your linkage to Hashem. And that's the mind. That where do our thoughts come from? Where does, where does our direction come from? It comes from our mind, from our thoughts. That I'm reading this great book called How to Get Out of Your Mind and in, Out of Your Head and Into Your Life by uh, Stephen Hayes and someone else. And the whole book is about how you need to look at your thoughts, not from your thoughts. That you as a soul, are not, in essence, your thoughts. They're separate. I think X, Y, and Z. I am not X, Y, and Z. My thoughts are separate from me. And my thoughts come to inform me about my life. Where my thoughts come from, it's just an endless train. You can never track them. The causal link of how you thought this and you thought this because you encountered that, which was, you just, you get nowhere. Um, I think uh, Donald Hoffman from UC Irvine talks a lot about how you're thinking about causality and the way things happen in the world. There's a cause, there's an effect. And you think about thought specifically, you can never find the root because it's endless. This thought came from that thought, which came from that thought, which came from that thought, and then you don't even remember what you were thinking anymore. So where is that root thought? Is it coming from a sham or it's coming from the ego? But it's going to come from your mind that you're going to hear in yourself. Not like you're hearing a foreign voice. Again, you're not supposed to hear like, I don't know, you're an American and you hear a British accent saying like, hello, it's me, God, you know, I'm going to give you some advice. Like, that's not how it works. You know, you're not going to like Morgan Freeman in your head. What you are going to hear is a sense of clarity, that you're gonna feel something so natural, the most natural, clear direction that you understand that it's so obvious to you, that it feels so natural to you. And it's so good, it's, you know it's intellectually right. It's not selfish, it's not bad, it's not aggressive. That's the voice of God. That's the mind, Rav Cook says, because it's specifically, the mind is what conceals the divine matter, the divine essence, more than all, because it will arrive in thought. The voice is gonna to come to you in thought that it has the unique intellectual power to make these depictions, to allow your mind to construct guidance to construct a, a guide for yourself. When you're going through any part, you're at the grocery store or you're at your prestigious internship or you're hanging out with all your friends or you're venturing into a new journey, you're going hiking, whatever it may be, that voice is always going to be there, but are you searching for it? Are you allowing it to enter into you? But through the good habit of paying attention to the voice of Hashem in all matters, that the more cognizant you become of this, the more conscious you are of thinking, where are my thoughts coming from? Where is the spontaneous good coming from? Because it's already there, right? This isn't about discovering something new. Rather, it's about labeling what's already there, labeling what we already know. And what that means practically is that when I feel a calling from within myself, a drive to act in a way that I know is authentic to myself, in a way that I know is so clear to myself, then I can say, you know, I think that was God speaking to me. I genuinely believe that that was a dialogue with Hashem, that I felt Hashem in my life. 
because the voice of Hashem becomes revealed in the mind, and specifically in the mind of Cook says, you will find the truth, you will find divine revelation. That when we were at Harsina getting the Torah, again, we heard Hashem from within ourselves. Why, why, the, why does the Gemara, the Midrash say that our souls flew out of our bodies when we received the Torah? Because we were experiencing the most intense experience of self-awareness, self-awareness beyond connecting to my soul, connecting to the soul of my soul, the highest level of consciousness, the consciousness that links you, you're, you're so in tune with Hashem that you almost become absorbed back into the sun, that you as a ray of light become drawn back into the sun, that you almost lose your sense of self, that Hashem had to put our souls back into our bodies. And he says all that adds inquiry and philosophizing, you add holiness, faith, and connection. He says dveku, which is like the term for really intense bonding and connection to God. And the awakening of Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh was a level of prophecy. And that's what Rav Cook is saying, because what is prophecy? Prophecy is I've tuned my station in to the God cast, so to speak, to a degree where the music is so clear, where I know what Hashem is saying to me. I know God is saying, take the people out of Egypt. I know God is saying they need rebuke. That I'm in, I'm in tune with myself. I'm plugged in. But this all comes back to the first Chabura. Are you aligning with your true self? Because if you're aligning with your true self, if you're aligned with the essence of who you are, then of course, then of course it's so natural that you hear Hashem in your life, that you hear the essence of who you are moving you forward. And so this last piece we're going to see is hopefully going to tie this all together for us to kind of then take these lessons and think about them, and again, in a more practical way so that when we walk away from the Chaburah, we're kind of wearing our Rav Kook, not only our contact lenses of Rav Kook, but our hearing aids for Rav Kook. He says, the essence of hearing the voice of Hashem is paying attention to all the processes of life's ways in all their details. And the general supernal wisdom that lives and invigorates all of existence and all that the details flow from the general supernal spiritual life. And it seems so esoteric. It's just like, because everything Rav Cook says, I think what he's trying to do with all these adjectives in this poetic language, as Rav Cook is trying to paint a picture for us that says this is beyond what we can grasp. This is beyond our understanding or our attainment of what's real in the world. That all the details flow from there. It flows from the divine wisdom of God in this world. That the more you're in tune with yourself, the more you're in tune with Hashem. The more you're in tune with your soul. And if you're in tune with your soul, then you can get from that place to get in tune with the soul of your soul. And it becomes clearer. And it becomes more obvious that you have more clarity in your life. That you know, this is not good for me. I've been down this route before. I've played this game. I know I'm not happy when I do fill in the blank. I know that I feel amazing. I feel like I'm in high vibrations, that I'm in a high flow, that I have high energy when I do X, Y, and Z. Yet, even if we understand that, it doesn't mean that we can act that way. But there's still a blockage. There's still a disruption. There's still a gap between what we experientially know in our heads and what we're hearing and what we're doing. But the more that you bring your mind and your action back in to alignment, the more you hear Hashem in your life, the more clear Hashem is in your life. And if Cook says, the more clearly a person hears and listens to the voice of Hashem speaking to him, teaching him, and commanding him literally. That in one level, we know what Hashem wants, right? The Torah lays out very clearly the different ways of attaining God consciousness in our actions and living the mitzvos, living the commandments, so that we are a lantern to shine God's light, that we are a candle of the divine light in this world. Berf Cook says even further that when you access Hashem's voice, not from just in the Torah, 
But when you access Hashem's voice from within yourself, from Hashem speaking to you as an individual, then Hashem isn't just giving you general advice. He's teaching you and commanding you. He's saying to you, don't go out with that person. He's saying to you, don't take that job. He's saying to you, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for that you're going to thrive out. He's talking to you, saying that you are worthy, you are loved, you are perfect, and your struggles are ideal. Your struggles are not impediments to your best life, but your struggles are how you live your best life. That you almost hear Shem as this active fan, this active support in your life, teaching you and commanding you, teaching you this does not work for you. This does not bring you to greater consciousness. This does not bring you to a place where you feel happier with yourself. Commanding you in a more direct way, where you know what's right and what's wrong. For you, not just generally, because we have the Torah, we know the mitzvahs, but for you as an individual, that's your gut feeling. The Midrash says, how was it that Avraham knew about monotheism? They knew that there was one God. One God is the essence of the world. Because Avraham was self-aware. It says that our avos and imahos, the, the patriarchs and matriarchs, right, they kept all the mitzvahs. They didn't have the Torah. How is that possible? What does that mean? The Midrash says because they were so in tune with themselves that they were living as their souls. And their souls knew what it means to live God in this world. Their souls knew what it meant to plug into their character and let the light shine through. That they heard the voice of God. That who was talking to Avraham saying, Lech lecha, go, leave your house, leave your family, leave your country. It was Hashem. That Avraham heard the frequency so clearly that he had this development. First he heard and he understood. He came to this intellectual awareness. There's only one God. And from there, the more he delved into himself, the more he dove deeper into his own self-awareness, into his own soul, into the contents of his life, the more he understood, I'm not meant to be here. I have to go start a nation. I have to start a family. That my future, my story may begin in this place. It does not end here. And in a way, that's all of us. All of us are hearing the voice saying, Lech Lecha. You're in this place right now, whether it's a physical place, whether it's an emotional place, a mental place, an intellectual place, go for yourself. This is not where your story is meant to end. It's hard right now. There are the hardships. Find guidance. And you're struggling to find the guidance. That's ideal. That when you get in tune with this, you almost become a participant in the orchestra of life. That you take up your instrument and you really feel yourself experiencing Hashem, not just in your mind, but throughout your body. That when you walk in nature, you almost hear the trees singing to you. You hear Hashem singing to you through nature. You just see everything in its beauty and its glory. And that, I believe, is the Rav Kook contact lens. And hearing the voice of Hashem are the Rav Kook hearing aids or the Rav Kook, the Rav Kook pods, right? I guess an Apple new invention, probably be a little bit smaller and more wireless. And that's the idea, that to hear the voice of God isn't to change something, meaning the only thing to change is to tune in more. But it's not to prompt God to start speaking. It's to prompt ourselves to start listening, to start waiting, to start searching for that voice in our life, for that encouragement, for that guidance, for that love. So before we close off, here's if there are any questions or comments. Definitely a lot to unpack here. Riff Cook definitely did not take us for a smooth ride. Um, so feel free to like unmute, raise your hand, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, Ellie, go for it. So on a practical level, how do we, how do we hear better? So I think from what Rav Cook is telling us, 
it's a two-part process that we're already hearing. So part of it's just identifying what that means. So as Rav Tzadok said, we can borrow from Rav, from Rav Tzadok for over here, that when you have that instinct to do good and you just have that like random spontaneous, so like, you know, I should call Batya right now. Like I just want to text Batya and say like, have a good job. So I want to like text Ellie and say, how are you doing? That in itself, knowing, wow, Hashem just sent me a message. Like that was, a, that was an SMS from Hashem, a soul message, soul or something. Um, but on top of that, it's also that the more self-aware you become, the more aware you are of yourself as a soul, the more clear your life becomes. So it's almost like self-awareness, just generally in the broadest sense, is attuning yourself. What does it mean to become self-aware? To become aware of the self driving my life. That in itself, in whatever form that takes, is attuning yourself to hear Hashem's voice. That when people are self-aware, they know oh, I know that I get really triggered when I go to these events and I'm not going to like them. I know this relationship is really toxic for me. I know these friends are really amazing for me and really inspire me. Where does that guidance come from? Where does that clarity come from? Maybe it emerges in your mind, but where did it come from before then? It came from Hashem. It came from the source of your soul. And so I think it's that dual aspect, that, that there's one greater self-awareness and that takes many different forms and there are endless ways to do so. And the other is understanding and labeling what we already know that when we have that guidance from ourselves and we feel ourselves telling us what to do, that we can say that came from Hashem. That's Hashem speaking to me. Yeah, Batya. Okay, so I have like three questions. So one of the questions I have is you had said earlier at the beginning that life is constrictive, like the rubber band walls, right? Is that kind of, is that like what Klipa is in a sense? Yeah, so 100%. So I think that a lot of of, of Kruk and Chassis and Kabbalah are telling us is the Klipa, like the shells, that are all the things that distract us from the clearest essence. So it's things that are confusing, the things that are weighing us down, that are preventing us from actualizing our best selves. And that takes many different forms. That takes many different ways in life, not just people in nature and humanity and yeah it's a it's a very deep topic with that and then i have like another question um we we're talking about like self-actualization so is this related to like maslow's hierarchy of needs say that one more I time don't know. maslow's hierarchy of needs i'm not so familiar with that but sounds accurate it's basically it's in psychology and it's essentially like like different steps that a person needs to take and it's like a triangle in order for them to reach self-actualization and it's like I don't know I feel kind of like unmotivated because I heard that there's like very like few people that are able to reach that type of mindfulness you know yeah so there's a big discussion of cook which maybe we'll look at in a different Habura that just we'll say very briefly now we don't have journeys to get to destinations we have destinations to have journeys that it's not about where you end up it's about you right now in this moment are you on the journey are you on the path? Are you in the process? And where are you heading? And that in itself, doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're at the rock bottom or the high of highs, the question is, which direction are you facing? So even in that scope, I think it's all about how do I become more aligned with myself? How do I become more aligned with my essence? How to become more aligned with Hashem? And what does that mean in my life? Because it will look different for every single person. There's different flavor we each have in our lives. There's a different type of light we're each shining. There's a different type of mosaic we're fulfilling with ourselves in this world. And that's really the avoda, that that's really what life comes down to. So can we bring Hashem in our lives at the same way we speak to Hashem? Are we waiting for Hashem to speak to us? And are we listening to that? Okay, and then we have one more question. So um, so does 
mindfulness help with connecting to Hashem, right? hundred percent. Mindfulness is all about living, living in presence, living in the present in presence. And that if your mind is in the past or the future, you're not right now. And Hashem is timeless, but we ourselves can only be in one place. So if my mind is elsewhere and it's not right now in this moment, and there's a balance, of course, you need to have between how you're making decisions now and being mindful of the future and learning from your past. But if you are not living in this present moment, if your mind is in a million different places, then you can't hear a million different voices. And that's why minds can get so scattered. The Earth Cook said in our first, I'll just quickly go back up, or I guess whatever, eh, whatever. Um, Riff Cook said earlier on in one of our first pieces that when we stop paying attention to our individual selves, to our individual souls, everything is confusing and unclear. And it's the same thing here, that when life becomes so, there's so much commotion, there's so much noise, you just can't hear what's so being, clearly being told to you. And I think a lot of times people will know what they need deep in their hearts and their souls, but they have 20 different voices aside from God speaking to them. And there's a million different directions, different maps are trying to follow. And they're ignoring the one that's most important for themselves, which is the roadmap of their own lives. So any other questions or we can end off here? Thank you. Okay, amazing. Thank you guys so much. It's really fun. If you have any questions, of course, like free to PM me or email me or I'm not on Twitter right now, but you can DM me and I'll get back to it when I am. So have a great night. And yeah, looking forward to next week. If you have any topic recommendations, feel free to message me as well. Always looking for suggestions or what people are interested in. Thanks, really. All right, see you guys. Thanks.